Hey guys, it's Ada Rosa with Ada Rosa LLC and welcome to Let's Talk Paralegal. Today we have a good colleague of mine. Her name is Misty Murray. She is all but a paralegal boss. You get it? That's the name of her Facebook group that you can go ahead and connect with her through Facebook. She also has an Instagram account and a YouTube channel called Arrow Consultants. She does paralegal coaching as well as offers paralegal services for over 20 years. And we talk all about that, balancing her personal life with her professional life and all the good stuff in between that goes along with the paralegal life. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Missy Murray and me. I'm good. Thank you for joining me on Let's Talk Paralegal. I'm so yes. excited. I've been looking so forward to this like all week. I was I was waiting for this even before Christmas break. Awesome. Yeah, no, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I know we've done a couple of collaborations before this, so this is obviously going to be awesome. And we're just going to make magic today. So let's just get to it, right? Let's get to it. All right. So you've been a paralegal for 20 plus years, right? Because we're in 2021. So you're you're hitting the over 20 mark now. Yes. And um, you do a lot of paralegal coaching. You you do a lot of things. You have a Facebook, you have YouTube, but you're you're in all places all at once at the same time. Lots so of um, the paralegal life is a balancing act within itself. But you went ahead and added, you know, bonuses of like freelancing and paralegal coaching and your motherhood and wife and you have all these other elements in your life. How, how do you handle all of that? Actually, I thought it was really important um, because, you know, we tell as paralegals, we want to diversify our portfolio. And I think when people think about diverse in their portfolio, they're really just thinking about networking. And that is very general. And I think in the legal industry, we can move far beyond just the law firm. We can go into freelancing. We can go into, you know, some consulting and we can go into technology and, and into speaking and coaching. And I think that when the pandemic hit, I was really um, happy that I diversified like that because I wasn't solely relying on a paralegal job um, during that pandemic. You know, when lawyers were, were slowing down and they didn't have as much work, I was able to pivot um, because I had diversified that portfolio. So while it is a balancing act, um, I think it's important, you know, to know where you fit in into the industry so that, you know, when you love it so much and everything that you do about it, it's not such a big job. But I think when it comes to the balancing act, it's important to diversify, you know, even beyond just the law firm. Uh, I completely agree. I feel like sometimes it looks at the face so overwhelming, but when you love what you do and you appreciate what you do and you actually see the outcomes of what you do, it's so rewarding in, in anything in life, but especially in your career. When you can have both your personal and your professional life at a point where it's amazing, yeah. you know, and you feel comfortable and you just are, you know, like loving the world, you know, I, and of course, we're going to talk about the, the challenging days and, and the challenges in general. Of course, there's always going to, like, life is not rainbows and unicorns. I wish. That would right. be this, this job is not without sacrifice, um, especially with me being a litigation paralegal. I'm in the game, you know, and I'm going to court with attorneys. I'm going to trial and trials can last weeks at a time. So my family does have to sacrifice, you know, my husband and, and my daughters and, and my whole family has to shift like that. 
but it's also, you know, important for your family to be, to be on board. And they know just as much as I do of how important not only is my job, but the cause that I'm fighting for in this legal industry. Amen. Amen to that. I love that. I, you know, support system is always our number one. You know, we don't do this alone. Everybody looks at us on our YouTube channels and our podcasts and our, you know, uh, social media, and we're always the forefront of our companies, but they don't see that we have a whole team behind us, whether we are sole, you know, sole proprietors or sole practitioners, whatever your career is, we have a whole team behind us, whether you're married, you're not married, you'll have a sister or cousin, a friend. There's always a support team to these uh, successful stories. Yes. And, and that's always my number one, because if you don't have that support team, you will not succeed. Don't think you can do this on your own. And I always like to refer to this because women in general um, like to refer themselves to like Wonder Woman, you know, and I was like, no, you're better than Wonder Woman because Wonder Woman was not married, did not have kids, did not have all these other elements. So don't even put yourself to that statue. She just focus on the one. Yeah, she was focused on saving the world, but she didn't have anything other than saving yeah. the world. So good kudos to her. Yeah, you know, I, I talk to people about, you know, the iceberg and that, you know, the law firm is like the iceberg and the attorney's on top and the staff is on bottom. And the staff and the paralegals are what opposing counsel doesn't see coming. And I kind of feel like, you know, the family life working in this legal industry is the same way. Um, you know, and, and it's because I have the support, um, you know, underneath my big old iceberg helping me, pushing me along in my journey. Absolutely. I completely agree. So now that we're talking about challenges and things like that, what are the most common challenges that, you know, as a paralegal coach or even as a colleague, right? Because we all have a lot of colleagues in this, you know, small little legal industry. Um, what are some of the challenges that are commonalities that you see when it comes to, you know, paralegals in general, right? You know, I think one of the biggest issues that I see is limiting beliefs. Um, I think that paralegals um, don't really take as many chances as what they should, um, you know, in their careers. And they're really being more reactive versus proactive. And they think, well, I don't want to bother the attorney. And I don't, you know, I don't want to check on them to see if they're, you know, done with that motion or whatever. Um, but you, you need to, um, because there's this role that you play as a paralegal. And I think that the limiting beliefs coming into this industry of I'm not, you know, I'm not going to rise as fast, or I, I don't need to show that initiative here, or I've been doing this for 10 years, but I still don't know if I, if, if you know, I can do this freelance. Mm. I think that the role of support as being a paralegal coach um, is imperative because you, you need that support in this industry that sometimes attorneys aren't giving you. And so I think limiting beliefs are things that I see and the inability to innovate. Um, you know, people come to me saying, I don't have a case management system, so I, I can't stay organized. What do I do? Well, let's go out there and see what tools you have available, innovate them and figure out how they work for you. Let's execute this according to your needs. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's one of the biggest challenges that I see with paralegals today and that they're, you know, sometimes they run into that brick wall and I don't know what else to do. Our job is to figure out a way over, around, or underneath it. Mm. Um, and so limiting beliefs, I would say, is probably one of the biggest challenges I see today in my coaching. 
Um, as far as my paralegal work and some of the biggest challenges that I see really is with the pandemic, we went to this Zoom world. And, you know, being in a Zoom world, there's less exposure to things, um, you know, inside of a courtroom or going on at a deposition or things happening in a mediation. Um, and I think that because we're shifting into the Zoom world, there's going to be a difficulty with litigation paralegals in particular, um, I think, to be more exposed to that sort of area in the courtroom and, and the fight and the game that they really need to be exposed to. Hmm, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I think as new paralegals coming into this industry, I worry about, you know, the internship that needs to take place. And, you know, we've talked about this before. It's called practicing law for a reason. Mm -hmm. And, you know, paralegals really need to be in that office to learn those practical skills that were not being taught in school and that you're only learning on the job. And so I think that, you know, for me as a paralegal coach, I'm trying to bridge that gap. Yeah. And it, and it's, it's super important. You know, um, we talked about this, about all the other challenges that, you know, the chaos of the law firm, right. Yeah. That fall on the paralegal. And I think it has, Maybe this is my theory. I don't know. But I think it has a lot to do with the legal assistant and paralegal. Right. So a lot of people think that it's one in the same. And I think I just did on this. Right. And it's completely different. Yeah. So a lot of people think that the legal assistant role is the same as the paralegal role. And it's not, you know, it's it, it's, it never has been, which is why the ABA American Bar Association has updated the actual definition of a paralegal. So, you know, kudos to them for actually acknowledging the fact that there is a difference. And sometimes, especially if you've been in the field as long as you and I have been, we've seen those changes. We've seen us being called legal assistant, but yet the job that we're doing is paralegal work. And that can have a financial, um, financial you know, it, it makes an impact on both of those. Well, yeah. you know, everybody says title is just a name. And in this case, it's not, you know, it, it can, it can be a whole game changer, you know, for that position. So I agree. I'm really loving this evolution. I think that what we're seeing right now in the legal industry and seeing that the paralegals are actually more demand um, than what attorneys are. And we've talked about that before, you know, it's, we're simply a more cost-effective solution and, you know, being in the field for 20 years, um, you know, I, I just, I, I think that we're going to help to bridge that gap in that area. Yeah. yeah well, that's what we're here for. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hopefully, that's the whole point of this. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so when um, throughout your 20-year career, you have done a lot. Uh, I know you've done a lot of uh, nursing uh, cases, right? You've done a lot of wrongful deaths and everything like that. What has been, I guess, your experience um, on handling that? Because those are tough cases to handle. This is yeah. not like a simple, you know, civil litigation cases. These are, you know sometimes at home cases, how do you handle that? Um, a lot of the cases that I work on are very difficult. Um, I think it's one of the reasons why I work on them. And I think that in this legal industry, it's important for you to fit, for you to figure out where you fit in. And, you know, for a while, it's kind of a testing phase to, to figure out where you fit in. I mean, I didn't fit into domestic, you know, cases, um, I didn't fit into criminal defense. 
Um, but I found litigation and in particular, I do a lot of work in the nursing home um, abuse, nursing home care act, wrongful death sort of sector. Um, but I found that cause to be just so amazing because I was partially raised by my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that she was so special to me and she was such an educator and she had the, just the most amazing stories. Mm-hmm. And and you know, it was hard when when she passed and and she passed in an assisted living facility and there were some things that were a little bit questionable, but I was like this is a cause that I can get on board with and mm-hmm. that I can fight for. I think that being a paralegal you are sometimes defending what you do to others. You are always defending this industry. Um, and I felt like I know in my heart of hearts that what I'm doing in this industry is not only what works for me, but it is part of my contribution to society. I'm mm-hmm. a voice for people who can't have that voice. Um, and so Working in that area of law for me became, you know, not not just my job, it became my passion. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I found other small areas to fight for, you know, in that role. But when you have, you know, a rape case, a nursing home rape case that comes across your desk, um, you know, that that's really hard. You know, when you have a woman coming to you and with these horrible circumstances that she just lost the love of her life at 55 years, that's so hard. Um, but I make such incredible connections with these people and they matter so much to me that, you know, when, when I sit down and I do my job every day, I know what I'm doing is incredibly important and I don't have to worry about defending it because it's a cause worth defending. Hmm. I love that. That's super powerful. I just got chills when you were saying that, and, you know, no, really, because I, you know, I, it's, it's awesome when your passion becomes your career, right? That's like everybody's goal in life is to actually do something that they love to do every day and get paid for a bonus. So right. that's super powerful that you were able to find that at such a young age too, because you're not, you know, we're not talking about your 80. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it, 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 you know, and again, that was part of the sacrifice. I mean, you have to go through some tyrants or some difficult law practices and go through some of those heavy learning curves in order to get to where you want to be. Um, but I also tell people that, you know, people ask me, why not lawyer? Why paralegal? Mm. And, you know, I say, well, first of all, I left college owing 10,000, not 100,000. And I thought I was able to insert myself quicker in an area of law that I really wanted to be in and still be able to pay for my student loan. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because while I love civil rights and not for profit, that doesn't pay the bills. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I felt like I didn't need to be a lawyer to fight for a cause that was genuine to me. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you become an advocate. There's there's so many other things, you know, um, there there's so many other roles in a law firm. You don't have to be the attorney to make that change. No, and I think that's a common misconception about the legal industry in general. Uh, you know, even I worked at an awesome law firm for a couple of years and even the receptionist. You know, when you came in through that door, she was so warming, you know, you can just you just felt at home as soon as you walked into that door. And I feel like especially now with the whole social distancing and all that, stuff, I feel like when our, you know, these clients come in, 
with a desperation. Obviously, there's something in their life that has gone wrong and they don't know how to fix it, which is why they're coming to the law firm in the first place. And I feel like that's like a lost, you know, idea. You know, that's yeah. the whole purpose that they're coming. And, and we lose that because we get so caught up in the processes and the tasks and the deadlines and the judges, you know, rulings and, you know, all the intricacies that come along with the legal industry. We forget that these are human. They are human. Right. And they're coming to us with legitimate, you know, uh, causes, legitimate cases. They're obviously not in the right minds, right? Because they're, they're, it's very difficult for them, regardless of what industry you're in. You know, whatever practice you guys are practicing, it could be anywhere from corporate to personal injury to wrongful death to anything. You know, these clients are coming to us with a legal issue and that's our job. Our job is to fix it. So to have just the simplest thing of a warming welcome when you come in through that door it's so important and not only financially because we can talk about the numbers all day but just the full-on experience of the firm in general you'll get referrals you'll get you know your business will be so bountiful just by giving the customer service experience that is expected at the high cost because let's face it attorneys are not cheap no gosh no but, but I, I think that, you know, you're on the right track there about, about it is really important to change the culture of all of it. There's such a stigma that is that comes with the, the legal industry. It's like saying you work for the IRS. Nobody wants to talk to you, you know, <laughs> but but, you know, it's it's you know, we're not staff. Uh, members, we're team members. And I think it's important to change that culture and, and maybe, you know, some attitudes will shift in the legal industry when it's not just a staff, it's a team member because we're all fighting for the same team. We're all working for the same, you know, entity here. And, you know, for, for paralegals, especially for me, there are a lot of cases that I can't take. There are a lot of cases that, you know, law firms I work for can't take, but I certainly want to help the person. Right. And while I may not be able to take their case, I certainly have a binder's worth of resources to arm them with to help better prepare them for what's ahead of them. Mm. And, and I think for paralegals, it's important for us to, to do that and to give back because these people are coming to us with, you know, in desperation. And I can't tell you how many times people have ended conversations with me and they said, you're the first person to listen. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that people get caught up in as soon as they hear that it's not a case, get off the phone, get off the phone. I, you know, we're done. Let's move on to the next one. Um, and they're human and we're human and we need to be human together and arm each other with things that we need to, you know, empower one another and take on the world. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is part of the way that we change the culture and the stigma is, you know, sort of pivoting in the way that we communicate yeah. with each other yeah. and with our clients. It's, it's, you're never too big to fail, right? You never, um, you know, no matter how big of a fish you are in the sea, there's always going to be another fish bigger than you. And, and sometimes they're not even bigger than you when it comes to like financially. Sometimes they have you up on the customer service, you know, yeah. and if they have amazing customer service and an amazing referral service, you're done. Right. And you get with it. You know, you can't be Blockbuster where Blockbuster had the opportunity to purchase Netflix years ago and they were stuck to their ways and look at them now yeah so, you know um that we should take a you know a, a page from that book and and really like you said it's not only 
the social media. It's not only about movies. You know, Hollywood loves to portray attorneys in a whole different type of way. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> so, you know, it's not only them. It's the law firms themselves that are shooting themselves in the foot, you know, and 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 it's because of that. I think we've just lost the purpose or the drive, uh, the intentions of of the legal industry and why it was created in the first place and i think by talking about it and by doing these legal reform and education reform and all these other avenues that we can possibly touch upon i think we will make a real you know new narrative i don't even want to change the narrative i just want to make a whole new one and really rewrite it you know rewrite the narrative it's really what we're trying to do but you know one step at a time. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was actually thinking while I was getting ready for this today, I was actually thinking about the difference between psychiatrists and counselors mm-hmm. and their ability, you know, to, you know, handle clientele equally. Only one is able to write a prescription and one is not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, we've sort of talked about paralegals being, you know, a, a nurse almost like to a doctor. And I think that, you know, as I move in further into my career and and I'm working in the area of law that I want to work for, absolutely sure. Awesome. Um, I think that I found a new cause also with with the justice gap Um, and the fact that, yes, I want to start a whole new narrative myself, you know, with you. And I want to talk about ways that paralegals, it can be the the, you know, bridge the gap there and help to provide more cost effective legal solutions to consumers who need it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not going to go and argue an appellate brief in front of the Supreme Court. Okay. I, I know where the things stop there, <laughs> you know, um, but, but I think that if we've got a simple dispute in landlord tenant act or something with the fair debt collection practices act or an undisputed divorce, you know, for marriage that only lasted for seven months, Mm-hmm. simply a more cost-effective solution. And, and I think that we need to kind of move forward in pushing for that ability to kind of serve like counselor, um, you know, as opposed to psychiatrist. Um, mm, I love that. That's actually a really nice um, narrative that you wrote there. I like that. That's amazing. <laughs> I didn't think about it that way because we do. We always talk about like doctor, nurse, you know, that's usually how we're commonly, you know, portrayed. So I, but I never thought about it that way. And having two psychologists in my family, I, I mean, you thought I would have thought about it, but no, no, not at all. Um, yeah. I mean, really we counsel people every day. <laughs> so this is true. actually you're funny because I was on my other um, interview. We talked about that, how you should go get counseling when you join a paralegal studies, because that's really what you're at. So yeah. It's, so it's really what you are. I mean, you know, that the ability to, your ability to communicate in this industry is paramount, um, regardless of where you are. Um, that's, that's one of the most highly needed skills is your ability to communicate and, and talk. And I mean, it's just so important. Absolutely. Well, this was an awesome talk. I appreciate it. And I will have you back on anytime you want to come because this was amazing. You brought so much insight and I'm sure all our listeners are going to just reap the benefits of that. So I know you have a YouTube channel. We're going to put that. We're going to Facebook page. I mean, you're all over social media. So we'll put all those links down below. 
But um, if you want to give a little shout out to your little Aero consultants and paralegal bosses out there, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> yes, paralegal bosses, thank you so much for doing everything that you do in this legal industry. And for any paralegal students watching this, um, you know, just take heed to everything that we're saying here. Really focus on those practical skills that is going to bridge that gap between your learning and school. And you know, good luck to you and all that you do because this crazy legal industry needs an amazing paralegal just like you. There you go. Well, that's it. You heard it from Missy Murray. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.